let's go. G'day and welcome back to Two Red Chairs. I'm your host Frank, as always, here in the red chair that you can't see, but I I, am, I'm, I think I'm sitting in one. Um, and uh, this week I've got, of all people, another Canadian. Where are these Canadians coming from? We had Julian last week. This week we have Nick McGraw from Canada sharing his design life story with all of us. And it's a story that, well, I'll, I'll rewind a couple of weeks. You might have heard uh, this new app that everyone's talking about, Clubhouse. You anyway, know, one of the first rooms I went in was with a group of fellow designers and uh, Nick was in the room. And Nick was sharing at the time a story of his. And it was from a interaction he'd had with a client the end of last year, which is 2020, you know, shit of a year. Nice way to round it out for Nick. Um, but into 2021, that relationship really soured. So I'm not going to get into too much detail here because we do have a bit of a chat here. It goes for a little bit longer than what our last chat was here on Two Red Chairs. Um, but Nick does get into some, you know, good detail about what this story meant to him and, uh, how he's come out the other side. So I'll come back in at the end of the story, give you a few details about where to find Nick um, but here is that conversation between myself and Nick McGraw. Nick, how are we doing, my man? Welcome to the show. And uh, tell us a bit about who you are, where you're from, what you're doing as a designer in this space before we kick into uh, your story that you want to share. G'day, Frank. Oh, how many times do you hear that? How many? Is it is it old now? Is it old? No, because I love it. <laughs> I'm sick of hearing... Oh, McGrossom. Nick is so McGrossom. I'm like, oh, Jesus, I guess I'm married to this name now. Uh, hey, you dig your own grave here, fault. man. It's yeah. my, I made my bed, Reagan. I made my bed. I'll sleep in it. Okay? I'm, exactly. I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm very comfortable with that. Uh, but thanks for having me, man. I appreciate I appreciate the time being spent with you. This is great. Uh, my name is Nick McGraw, and uh, I run the uh, design boutique, if you will, uh, McGrossom Design, uh, where I help entrepreneurs build their branding. I'm in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and so I build brands for entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, personal brands, and we make sure that they stand out effectively online and wherever they're selling their stuff in the world um, so that they can reach their target audience and, you, you know, just be amazing businesses so that they can be awesome at what they do, hence uh, McGrossum. Ta-da! And it all makes stage sense. left. Yeah, <laughs> you're out of here. <laughs> that, that's been my time. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. For Try the veal. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nick, uh, the reason why I wanted to have you on here and you had a, sh a great story to share, and we originally heard this on a Clubhouse chat, and I listened in bits and pieces. Um, I missed some parts of it, but this is going to be the opportunity to, to share that story again for everyone else to hear and learn from because there's there's some great learning points, I think, for many of us as creatives because this is a, a client problem, um, a couple of client problems, um, from one particular client that you've had. And I want you to share kind of from start to finish and then those learning points in between that we can take away from and, and what you've learned and how you've altered your process to make sure that this kind of situation or, or problem client just doesn't really come. I mean, you never know. You could have a real shit egg client again, who knows, but you know, for, 
for all intents and purposes, we want to try and create something that we are going to avoid next time. So let's uh, play the harp here and go back in time. Where, where can we start with this story? Sorry, just so I know, uh, whenever you release this, uh, you're editing, you're going to actually put harp music in where you just uh, did that. I just want to know what your production level is like. Right? Let, let really... me see. Let me see if Artlist has some harp music. I'm sure it does. <laughs> I was going Pond 5. Oh, oh, perfect. That's on sale. I'll put that in. I only need three <laughs> seconds of it. Exactly. There we go. Uh, so, yeah, this is a great little story and it's recent, so it's fresh in my mind, but it's something that, that will stay with me for probably forever um, because like you said it's a great it's a great um, uh, learning experience so I made a connection on LinkedIn and um, he liked all my stuff he liked my content and he realized that he needs content for himself right as many people do they see inspiring content yours is really great Reagan people seem to like mine as well and so because it's eye-catching and it does all the things that branded content should do they want it for themselves so we started off really great relationship um, and our first month we did uh, a month of content okay and so this was supposed to be a recurring project month to month to month i would make him x number of pieces of content that we both agreed upon branded it up for him a slick nice look that he's never had before that we really thought would reach his target audience all those things he was happy with it i was happy with it great after about a month so i only made one month of content for this guy um, he axed it. He basically said, I don't need this help anymore. I think I can do this on my own because previous to me helping him, he was making content on his own, but it was never to a designer's level. Now, Canva and other tools out there for non-designers are great weapons to make cool stuff, but obviously it's, it's lacking that bit of a designer's touch. Well, I come along, make this really slick branded content for him. And he realizes this is all I ever needed. I just needed a designer's touch. And so he stopped our recurring contract. Essentially, he, he stopped our subscription. And after that one month of just you know a handful of pieces of content, that's enough for him. And so he decides to tell me that he can make all this stuff on his own now, that he can come home after work, play on Photoshop. He can kind of copy the look and feel that I made and make it for himself for, I don't know, I guess until the end of time. I said, yeah. okay, that's fine. Yeah. That's your prerogative. I would have liked to continue making this work for you, but you know, he just stopped it after one month because he felt he had all he needed. Yeah, had got all the secrets and took the you know the intel and ran and made his own thing. Right. That's a sucky way of doing it. Yeah. Um, so, so, so that happened, and that 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 was one red flag. That was one red flag that, in hindsight, I now see. Um, because it's obvious that this is just a hobby to him. I don't think pushing his business forward and making connections and making sales and making relationships is a priority for him. These revenue generating activities, like my business coach likes to say, and I'm sure you're familiar with that term, these RGAs of building relationships and going on the offensive and hunting down clients and, 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 and starting conversations with people, he's a sales guy himself and he's not interested in any of this. He's just interested in coming home and playing on Photoshop and making more carousel posts for himself. So this is clearly a hobby for him and not a real professional. Like he doesn't want to ever leave side hustle territory and turn it into real working entrepreneurship for himself. He just wants to keep this as a hobby for himself forever. I didn't know that back then. It wasn't mm -hmm. as obvious as it is now. Now hindsight, I guess, is 2020. But I didn't see that red flag as it appeared. But now I can recognize that if someone's going to ax our recurring contract just one month in, not because of anything I did, it's because of all the great things I did. That's a that's a solid red flag. There, I'm like, oh, you just needed me for like style curation. 
so that you could go and do this yourself, right? So that's a bit of a red flag in the sense that he's not serious about this business. And but when he came to you initially, though, it was presented as this is going to be a marketing, you know, push for my business. Yes, yes. I, I was convinced that this was just one small arm in an array of things that was going to push his brand out there, that was going to get him noticed, that was going to get him the awareness part of his funnel, just firing on all cylinders. And it's not. He just wants to make pretty things at home. He just wants to play designer at home. So <laughs> that, 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 feels, that feels not great. Um, because I thought I could really help him make something great, right? Now, it's not all doom and gloom because that that project quickly led to another one. Even though he ended that project, we quickly pivoted to something new. And Can I stop you there as well, Nick? Sure. In terms of uh, that, that first project of doing those carousel posts or whatever the content exactly was, and, you know, was he happy with that content though? Yeah, he was. Um, he he actually every we went from strength to strength. Um, I taught him how to like write the posts and how to how like how I curate mine, like the 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 way I, I create all my slides. Um, I told him what to look out for. I even did like hashtag research for him. So I definitely over delivered beyond the scope mm -hmm. of of um, what we agreed to because I just wanted him to succeed. I just wanted him to to look great wherever he showed up. Obviously, he was going to use this content on multiple platforms, wherever he was trying to build his audiences. And I just wanted the best for him. I really, really wanted him to shine. Yeah. And that's and what this I is, tried to do. So he... Yeah, this is, this is I think, the, the biggest downfall for a lot of us as designers that we want to give so much. Like, we're so empathetic that we want other people to shine just as much as we want ourselves to shine. And we think that if we give, you know, that we should be able to take just as much in return at some point, you know, either now or in the future. And it, you know, it should come back to us like karma. But I think a lot of the time is that there's these people that are out there that just take advantage and it, it, it sucks for us as designers because we just get sort of stamped on and trampled over. And, you know, we walk out the other side going, oh, that was a really, you know, shitty experience because mm. I've given, I've given everything. I've given blood, sweat and tears to do this. I've given away all my secrets. So I'm wondering if there's like a learning point out of that for you, whether or not it's from, because for me, what it sounds like, it's that you've kind of done more strategic kind of side of things of showing him how to do something rather than actually just making it there. So, you know, in future, if someone does come to you to create content, are you of the mindset to really qualify that client and understand whether or not, you know, they need just someone to create the content and keep creating the content or if it's more beneficial to them for a cheaper price of making some templates and then if they you know want a bit more strategic kind of stuff you could show them how to do it if they're really interested in making it themselves like what's for you now what's that process going to look like if someone does come back to you for something like this again are you going to accept it or you know are you going to change things up i love what you said there about the qualifying process i think i think that is definitely something that i've improved on in the last little while in fact i just signed a new client recently um just after him after that whole debacle um who's completely polar opposite of him he doesn't have the time to sit at home and play photoshop he's he's running a multi-million dollar company with with hmm. multi-million dollar clients coming in he doesn't have time for this he loves the art that i make him uh he loves talking to me he's t he's told me many times i look forward to our zoom calls because it pumps me up. I don't have to talk to these corporate fuddy-duddies all day long. I get to talk <laughs> nice. to like an artist, which is great. Yeah. I, I yeah. leave him feeling like electricity is running through his veins every time we, yeah. we, we stop talking. He DMs me. He voice notes me. He loves me. 
but he has he has mentioned that he doesn't have time to do this. He's looking for me to take on further responsibility so that it takes the burden off his shoulders. And that's the complete opposite of this disaster situation, which I just escaped, uh, which is he's very serious about using this content and social media branding to just further push his brand. He's not interested in doing it. He's very serious about building a business. He's very serious about building a brand. This isn't some hobby thing, it's a lifeline. And that's the difference. His business is already established. He's got a lot more resources and a lot more direction for himself. He's not trying to build it out of his infancy. He's been around for 20 years. He just is recently tapping into the power of social media. So now we get back to your question about qualifying these clients and vetting them. This guy's way more serious. Okay. He's not screwing around. And it only took a couple of weeks for him to see the quality that I'm going to deliver to him. And he goes, can you do more? I don't mm. want to do all this other stuff. You can do all these things where I'm like, I sure can. So now we're talking about furthering the contract and, and having like an even bigger retainer month to month. And he's serious about keeping me as part of his creative team for a long time. Unlike the last guy who just wanted to play designer and clearly isn't serious. So part of my qualifi qualifying process now is I think asking those questions and hunting down clients that are serious from the very beginning, where maybe yeah. I don't have to ask those questions. Really, I can just take a look at the business you've built for yourself. I'm like, okay, you've been around for a decade. You're not going anywhere. You're not screwing around. This is what you know. Um, I could just help you further your agenda through content and branding and social media and all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. You, you learn to qualify and to um, do a little bit more digging in the beginning. Yeah, like I just wonder if it's something where you really sit down with a client and ask a heap of questions about what they're trying to really achieve here and then that way that kind of rears the head of whether or not this person is serious about this or, you know, is just, as you said, with the, the first guy, like just doing it for fun and, you know, shits and giggles. Like there's there's just that conversation you're going to have with someone, it, it, it's undoubtedly going to show the level of their business acumen and what their goals are and what they're trying to achieve out of this. Mm -hmm. um, and if that's, you know, that learning point of just asking more questions at the start, just front loading that experience to make sure that someone, you're not going to waste their time and they're not going to waste your time. Like it's mutually beneficial for you to have that discussion um, and, and see where that goes like that. Mm -hmm. You know, that sounds like it's, it's where it's at for you, which is great. Now, it's sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's also, it's also key to remember that whatever it is that you're going to make for someone, if they're already kind of doing it, but failing, at least they see, at least they see the value in it. It's hard as my business coach has told me, it's hard to convince someone that they should be producing content when they've never put a pixel of content out there in the internet, yeah. when they don't have a Facebook an Instagram, YouTube or anything, when they've never done this before, it's hard to convince someone that they need to do it. It's hard to convince someone who has no driver's license to buy a car. Yeah, they don't need one. They've been getting around just fine. They don't have a license. What do they need a car for? It's really hard to have that conversation. So that's part of it too. If they're already doing it, but you know, you could help them if they're suffering and struggling to do it, you come into the picture. It's like, okay, I know I don't have to explain to you how valuable this shit is, but what if I could get it to a professional level? And then they go, oh, you could, right? That's also mm -hmm. part of it. Finding yeah. those clients. And like you said, front loading those conversations. Yeah, like if it's something that even in your own content for yourself, Nick, or for anyone else that's listening that does want to do content, it's it's showing not just your voice saying, you know, make content. It is going to propel your business in X amount of ways, depending on your industry. But even, you know, showing the voice of others, like in that conversation, if it's Gary V's voice, because I know he's very, you know, headstrong about creating content. Sorry, who? Who is that? Yeah, uh, just, never, a, never just a small guy out of New Jersey. He's an immigrant, you know. <laughs> No one's ever heard I, of him. Yeah, I mean, 
sounds like a very forgettable name. Yeah, like very Gary much so. V, did you say? Uh, Vey, up, Vey, is he on Google? Can I Google that? Vaynerchuk, yes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like it, it, having someone else's voice back up your own, you know, agenda of how yeah. you can help others. Because um, I'd, I'd hazard a guess that for someone like him, he's probably heard someone like Gary or had another business colleague that said, you need to do this stuff for your business. Or he's passively seen someone that's in his kind of niche doing that kind of thing as well and going, shit, I need to probably do this too. Mm. Um, so it's, you know, that, that's probably another part of the questions to ask. Now, to, to push on with this initial client, there's a part two to this. And this yeah, is where it, is. it gets real, uh, this spicy, gets real spicy, heavy. Reagan. Oh, spicy. oh, you said heavy. Okay. Heavy. I think it's heavy, heavy because... There's a musk in the air. There's an aroma. You walk into a room, you're like, <sighs> bad shit has happened in this room. I'm going <laughs> to walk backwards out of here, close the door, and we're never going to enter that room again, actually. It's one of those Netflix specials that you just go, ooh. Yeah, yeah, like this got greenlighted. Who who approved this? <laughs> yeah. So please um, pray yeah, tell. The, the the part two is, so the content stops. He seems to be satisfied with everything that's been made to this point. He can take it take it on himself. Great. I don't hear from him for a little while. Um, it's important to know that he's going through a bunch of personal problems at this point, which I know of, which I cannot obviously tell you here because it's way too specific. But it's um. It's like life altering, family changing, stuff like that. And you knew so, this before or afterwards? I, I did, but up until this point, it really hadn't affected yep. our working relationship. Sure. Um, we talked about it because I try to bond with my clients, but um, you know, um, yeah, good on me for doing was... that though. I mean, that's 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 a nice thing to do to just be able to get down on their level and really make it a bit more human. So it um... is. We we talk about this all the time, Reagan. We have to. We have to practice what we preach. It's about making human connections. Um, yeah. And those end up being deeper relationships. And I did my best. This one didn't turn out. So he was done with the content, done with all that, reaches out to me and says, listen, you know the stuff I've been going through my, in my life. I'm like, yes, I do. Here's what I can do. I'm going to throw this amount of money at you. For that amount of money, what can I get? We didn't talk about anything, Reagan. We didn't talk about like scope of work. Um, what's your next move? How can I help you? He didn't want to hear any of that. And like an idiot, I bit down and said, okay, for that much money, I can make you like a landing page, right? Because you have no web presence. That was going to be our next step together anyways. I want to build your website, but let's just move it in baby steps. Let's build you a landing page. Let's convert some visitors. Um, let's get you a client like tomorrow. Like, why can't we do this? Like, this is something you have not done in the few months I've been working with you. Um, that should be our next step. Let's get you online. Let's get you on more than social media. Let's start to put you on your own platform. He agreed. Landing page is great. From the very beginning, this project, unlike the content, was fraught with problems. Um, it took forever to establish the direction and what we wanted to build. Um, he complained about, should we do it on Squarespace? Is there something better? I'm like, this is your question. Like, you don't even have one really yet. Like, this is this is the hangout for you? Um, and um, Part of the process of building stuff like this, just like the content, I need ingredients from the client in order to make this a success. I can only put so many placeholder photos and, and lorem ipsum placeholder text before yeah. this thing just looks like a, you know, just a blank vanilla template. So I'm building it to the best of my ability without the ingredients that I have that I need. And here's where my excuses come in, right? So I realize that part of this scenario falls on my shoulders because I didn't manage it properly. I wasn't 
I wasn't the, 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 I guess, the art director that I should have been on this project, and I just didn't manage the client very well, nor did I manage his expectations. So that's a learning lesson here, too. We come up close to the Christmas break. It's a few days before the so I'm like telling you, this is a recent, this is oh, a yeah. recent yeah, event. Yeah. Fresh We're coming up bed. to the Christmas break, and typically there's a two-week shutdown, right? It was like that week that Christmas was in, and then the following week where we get through New Year's. So typically there's a two-week hiatus um, where none of us are really doing anything for our clients. I didn't articulate that to him, um, and I should have. Nobody else that I work for had a problem with that. <laughs> I yeah. didn't have to articulate it. Yeah. But again, I had to manage his expectations, and I did that poorly. So there's about a two-week shutdown where no progress was made on this thing. Now, I could have made a little bit more progress on my end without his the ingredients I needed from him, like his all new photos that he promised he would take of himself, new body copy, new services he wanted to provide. I asked him to set up his Calendly and his MailChimp and all this stuff. Um, and none of that was done during that time. Um, but I still could have pushed forward a little bit, just a little bit more. And I didn't. He saw that lack of effort, called me out on it in an email in the new year. I said in an email to him, let's start your project up again. I'm ready to go. Let's get it done this week. A landing page doesn't take that long. These are all the ingredients I'm missing from you. I articulated in an email, bing, bong, boom. Um, he fires back an email, and this is where it gets heavy and spicy and the musk. <laughs> yeah. He fires back saying, yeah, you also haven't done any work on this. I've noticed that this is in the same state that it was three weeks ago. So you also haven't done any work on this. And, I, and if you just read my email before that was I was taking responsibility. I haven't moved forward on my part, but I still need all these things from you. Let's get this done. Let's get this over the line. Yep. A couple more days go by. Um, he's busy with work. So more time is being lost here. Um, that's an excuse, but it is a fact as well. Um, and finally, he fires back with, you know what? I'm not really feeling this project anymore. Um, and I realize you've already done work to this point. Um, but to be honest, and here's the musk, Reagan, here it is, where he starts being insulting and condescending, which I didn't expect because up until this point, he's been a nice guy. Yeah. Um, saying things like the work looks like something I could have made on Microsoft Word. Um, I expected more from you. Um, the list goes on and on and on, insulting the work, insulting me um, and my inability to basically bring this to life. Yeah. And um, he basically says he wants to back out of the project. He recognizes that I've done some work to it. So he'd like a refund minus the work I've already done. I can keep the money that I believe that I've done the work on. And then yeah. I got to refund him the rest for the, the missing project. Sure. I said, that's fine. That's fine. If that's what your heart is, I realize I probably won't be able to convince you. Otherwise, I would still like to get this over the line for you. I do not think this is difficult. I've already admitted my failure here. I still need ingredients from you. But if you're not willing to do this anymore, that's fine. So I offered him a refund that I thought was fair. OK, yep. it was almost half the project, honestly. Sure. Um, I offered him a refund that I thought was fair in light of the work that was that was done. Uh, he went insane. <laughs> yeah, that was not an acceptable answer to him. Basically telling me in, in I'm paraphrasing here that the next time you promise to do something for someone, you do a good fucking job of it. You don't go around making all these promises and then not fucking oh, delivering. Um, this is how professionals do things. You're not a professional, things like that. Um, yeah. And um, basically threw the money back in my face saying, here, you keep it consider it a tip for your services oh, I, think you, I think you need fuck. the money more than i do oh, <laughs> that's, what he I hate that that's such an american lawn 
oh. said that thing to me, okay? And so I, I took that in, right? I decompressed. My business coach is teaching me not to have any emotional attachment to things like this, right? To, yeah, just, yeah. to just roll with the punches kind of thing. I told him that, I told my fiance that, and, and everyone that's my support system around me was like, get rid of this guy. I showed my business coach, we had a meeting that day. I showed him the first email and he read it through the screen sharing on Zoom. He goes, yeah, I don't need to read anymore. I'm like, I want you to read more. He yeah. goes, I don't need to. Yeah, you get <laughs> so, where it's going. So he basically, the advice I got was, if he's gonna be like this too, you don't even give him the work that you've made. It's obvious he doesn't value it. Close down the Squarespace website, refund him in full so he can't come back at you, block mm. him on every social media. That way he can't tag you and, 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 yeah. and speak ill yeah. of you. Because what's going to happen next is he's going to paint a negative picture of you um, saying that Nick's a charlatan, he's he's a huckster and steals your money, which isn't true because I refunded him everything. He got every yeah. penny back from me. Yeah. And that's, I think, the the biggest point that when I heard that, that this part of the story on, on Clubhouse when we were having this chat and you were talking about this, I think that's a great way of doing it, just to remove yourself from the situation. I mean, a lot of the time, it if it is a, a lower kind of uh, paid job or it's a it's a comfortable amount that you can part with, just to avoid the stress, yeah. and where you can sleep, you know, a lot easier at night without having to worry about what's going to happen next as a result of yeah. this. Who knows what could happen, especially if his personality is quite explosive out of nowhere, a bit unpredictable. It sounds like. I think that's I think that's a, a very wise decision. It's not an easy decision. Um, you know, if, if finances are, are tough, then it can be yeah, it can be real. Blow. It is and it isn't. It is and it isn't. I'm glad you alluded to the fact that it's a, a an amount of money that I could be separated from and not lose any sleep over it. What was yeah. going to be way worse were the consequences of keeping that money if it, now it's tainted or now he feels he's yeah. after you. I don't need any of that, and I don't need people like that in my life. Um, I genuinely wanted the best for him, and um, he just he's not interested in yeah. the same things for himself and so you're right he's he's got this explosive part to him that um you know it's too bad the relationship ended that way yeah and this is i think there's a there's a lot of learning points out of this particular one i think the first one for you nick whether or not you've realized this one or not is um is assuming what the client wants like mm. the, when, when you said at the start there, he comes to you with a, a amount of money to splash and he just wants to splash it. But then if you just say, yeah, we, we could do this. And then he agrees to that, but he it's not something that he believes he needs initially. It's just like, oh, that's just a want. Um, it's like, okay, I need this website. Like I recognize I need this website because I need to get this client or that client or, or whatever. Because if he doesn't know that initially and you're trying to tell him how to, you know, this is what's going to, need to happen and he doesn't i'll tell you you. what's good (laughs) yeah if he doesn't fully trust you um which it sounds like you know it wasn't at that level yet Mm. um that can you know really shoot yourself in the foot because what you're doing then is you're diagnosing something that you're just assuming is actually there when the client's telling you you know what they think rather than going actually is this something that you've got you know the ability to really want to execute on here like are you willing to take the photos write the copy you know give me your services and and be as accountable as i am going to be with this project so that we're both coming to the table here um because it's like it's selling that's where you're selling the result not the the kind of the process of kind of getting to what they need to get to so you know the website landing page is one thing but it's like does he need the other stuff? It doesn't sound like mm-hmm. he needs all the clients because yeah. that's not going to yeah. you know, probably do anything for him. It's not as imperative for him 
his livelihood or whatnot. Yeah. This project um, was built on a foundation of sand from the very beginning yeah, yeah. and not a foundation of bedrock. And it was just yeah. a matter of time before the whole thing collapsed. And I yeah. see that now in, in myself and not being able to set up that foundation and asking those those questions. And it's a good learning yeah. experience. I mean, at the end of the day, like if your gut feeling at the start there was pretty sound, then, you know, you, you can only you can only do so much. And, and at the end of the day, you just have to learn from those, you know, failures if it's your part or the client's part and just make the best decision possible. I think you did the right thing, you know, in all the steps that you've done. I don't think there's anything of huge fault I mean that I can see. Um, you do but, the best you have with what you with, with what you know. You know what I mean. Exactly. You do the best you can with what you have. But then the other point as well is that, and this can happen a lot of the time, is the person's emotion at the under, other end of the phone call, or you know, across the table, or in the email there that has their own shit going on, and sometimes yeah. you don't know what it is. Like you've obviously known there's something going on there. Um, which for you, I guess, in the future is going to be the biggest red flag if someone's going through some, you know, personal pain, and especially if this is their their own money that they're giving out as well. That there's emotional attachment and there's some baggage going on at the time that can influence something that isn't like needed. If this is something that's just one of those nice things that you know it's just a nice to have type of thing for them, it's not. It's going to cloud everything else and make it more of a stress to have to think about. Um, so yeah, like if if there's someone in your in your client's life that's making life hard, and and someone does snap back at you, and you don't know that something like that's happening, it might be the time to take a step back and just say, it, it sounds like there's something going on here that I'm unaware of. Is this the right time for this now? I'm happy to put this on hold. You don't need to give me details or anything. I'm happy to be an open book, you know, to let you be an open book and and. <laughs> divulge if you really feel like that's necessary but it doesn't sound like this is the right time to be doing something like this because the the relationship has changed dramatically overnight so something's happened here and i don't feel comfortable moving forward because i don't think this is going to be a conducive relationship if your headspace isn't right so i'm guessing that's for you now is something to realize for you know going forward of what to kind of avoid or or do in a different way yeah yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's no um, there's no binary or black and white equation to building relationships with people. Every single one I have with everyone is so different, and they're all very organic. And it's like you said, um, the the best person in the world that you know can have a bad day, and then it's like a volcano. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, um, shit falls apart very quickly sometimes. Uh, even the most stoic, reasonable, sound person that you know in your life can fall apart. And not that he was, but I do my best with all the relationships um, that I build with people. I try to be nobody but myself. Um, I try to just be as raw and transparent as possible um, and as professional as possible and everything, um, which is why the last email I sent to him was Squarespace website deleted, money refunded, sent, blocked on Gmail. That was the last sentence he ever heard from me because I don't need to I don't need to uh, waste another second on, on stuff like that. And so yeah. I hope that speaks to my not to him. I hope that speaks to my greater professionalism <laughs> as, yeah. a, as a greater piece of the picture here. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, it's just um, the instincts that you have and the gut feeling that you have are great and you have to listen to them, but all of these experiences put together also matter. And so yeah. we're just putting our instincts 
together with the experiences that we've had and, and, and our greater life experience. And we're just trying to move forward. And hopefully we avoid things like this again, or at least we can see them coming on the horizon much, much quickly, much, much more quickly. And we can avoid them or make adjustments so that things don't fall apart on us. Yeah, that's an amazing way to finish it off there. Yeah, there's there's some great learning points in there. So, you know, for everyone listening, I hope that you've taken away something from Nick's experience here. You might have experienced something similar. I'm guessing it's Nick's not the only one in this kind of situation. Personally, I've not experienced something like this myself. Oh, it's because you're a great guy, Reagan. It's no, no one no, would ever no, be no, 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 It's it's early days. You know, you never know <laughs> when this could happen. Like it, it, it could happen. You know, at the start of your your career, it could happen. You know, twenty years down the track, where you just lose scope and what you know your process is, and you just again your empathetic side of you know yourself as a designer just takes over, and you just want to help someone because you hear their sub yeah. story, and then it it just falls apart, and you never know what could happen. Yes. Um, so. Look, my man, thank you very much for sharing this story with all of us. Um, again, hearing it for the second time still makes it feel so damn heavy for me. Um, but I really Good appreciate vibes it. only. Good vibes only here. Good day, Frank. Everyone just <laughs> chill out, relax. Exactly, exactly. All right, Nick. Thanks, my man. Thanks, brother. All right, this is Frank back here just to wrap up the episode. I hope you took something away from that because I know I have... And it's something that I'm going to keep in mind. If ever a situation like this comes up in my business uh, experience with clients, because it could happen at any stage of your business life, either when you're first starting out, it could be, you know, a horror first client, or it, it might not happen until, you know, 10 years down the track. It might not happen at all, but more likely than not, we're going to have to overcome these challenges of clients that may turn for the worse either for their own personal reasons or they're just the expectation was too great for them on on you which is i guess no fault of your own and i think nick handled this perfectly and i know he's taken this learning point and implemented it now into future you know client engagements so to connect with nick because i really think you should he's a fantastic guy very funny very relatable and uh, I think you're going to want to uh, connect with him a bit more. So I'm going to point you to a few places where you can find him. The first is Instagram, and his handle is McGrawsome Design. So M-C-G-R-A-W-E-S-O-M-E Design. So all one long word. Um, that's his handle there for Instagram. He also is on Clubhouse. If you want to find him on Clubhouse, I tend to chat with him every week or twice a week now on there it's nick mcgraw surname again m-c-g-r-a-w and uh, he also has a podcast and his one is called the mcgrawsome source podcast or just mcgrawsome source um, you'll be able to find that on spotify and apple podcasts and uh, he goes into some pretty interesting topics there uh, for his business so with that I, uh, I thank you for listening to this episode. If you got something out of this, please leave a review on Apple Podcast if you're on there. Um, otherwise, send us a DM, either myself, Nick, to uh, give us you know your thoughts. If you relate to this and you want to share your story, we'd love to hear that. And if you want to come on the podcast and share that story, that would be awesome too. You can get up, sit in that proverbial red chair with myself, and uh, we can chat about a story that could help other designers like yourself and, uh, and and get it out there. Maybe it'd be a bit of a cathartic experience. Who knows? But until next week, I will see you then. 
and it's actually going to be another Canadian. So three Canadians in a row. I said at the start of this, where are they all coming from? Um, But I will see you in the next episode. Bye from now.